This is Beaver County filmmaker Christopher Writer, Daniel Ross Kelly Keen. Powell, managing this director. This is Beaver County artist Marlon. This is Gist. Beaver County filmmaker Joseph Aaron Podcast producer Kevin This Parkinson. is Pamela Rossi Keen, the director of the Genesis Collective. And you're listening to the Genesis, Genesis Collective, Collective Podcast. Podcast. The Genesis Collective, supporting local artists and their work, making art more accessible, and putting art back into our communities. I'm Kevin Farkas, Beaver County podcast producer, and I'm one of the hosts of the Genesis Collective podcast. This is Jesse Durflinger, an artist in Beaver County. Definitely have my opinions when it comes to art, but I guess my art is emotional. It's from the heart. Uh, one stroke of the brush might be because I, I just felt this burst of energy, and then just boom, you just create this circle or this brush stroke, which is very apparent in my stuff. It's sort of emotional impressionism, I guess. I definitely want to be an encouraging artist. I think it would be very selfish of me to discourage anyone from art. And I guess that's where I come in and try to inspire people. You're listening to the Genesis Collective Podcast. What I want you to know above all is that the Genesis Collective is about you. It's about our community. It's about something that is crucial to who you are as a human being. It taps into a power that we don't realize we have. Artists are making things. This is who they are and what they want to do. Please dream with us, get involved. Welcome to our podcast, produced right here in Beaver County, Pennsylvania, by the Genesis Collective, a new and innovative community-focused organization supporting a diverse network of local artists and their work, making art more accessible to the public, and promoting art as a means to bring our communities closer together. Isn't that what art should do, whether we're talking about a painting on the wall of a local coffee shop, a bold and beautiful wall mural on a city street, a park sculpture? A music concert under the stars, a local theater production on Friday night, a hometown film documentary, photo exhibit, or even a finely designed veterans memorial. All these things are art, and we need more of them in Beaver County. A little later in the show, we'll talk with Pamela Rossi-Keen about how the Genesis Collective is reaching out to local artists of all media, from painting to photography to the performing arts, and forging communities of creators, visionaries, and storytellers. People who have something to say about their communities and who we are as a diverse, racial, ethnic, economic, and political region. Beaver County, you might be surprised to learn, is also very diverse when it comes to the arts. In fact, we've documented hundreds of local creators such as bluegrass musicians, professional actors, industrial designers, novelists, poets, filmmakers, muralists, even public historians and photojournalists, and the list goes on and on, all right here in Beaver County. We're using this podcast to introduce you to many of these amazing Beaver County artists and creators, such as Jesse Durflinger, who lives in Darlington Township. Jesse is a landscaper by profession, but with the sensibilities and soul of an artist. We recently visited with Jesse at his home in what I'd call a living art installation. Jesse calls his place Fallen Branches. We'll learn why in just a bit as we take a narrative tour of his place. But first, Jesse tells us a little bit about his artwork and philosophy of art. He opens up about his past and present struggles with addiction. His human frailties, he admits, have become inspirations for his art. 
Chris Jesse's story. I found a TV box on the dumpster and cut it up. And this TV box or whatever it was lasted a long time. I got a lot of paintings out of it. And I'd say some of my best stuff, and this is like the year I really started painting, 2005. This is craft paint on a TV box. That's my favorite painting. I, I, I call it the cardboard series. So with a lot of my art shows and stuff, I've sold a few of them. But uh, definitely it was like finding my style and it seemed like I got my own style right away. Yeah, this is one of my first paintings, my favorite one. It's representational, I guess. It'd be about the farthest I go with representational art. And you see how thick some of this oil painting. I mean, we probably got $20 worth of paint on here. Uh, that's another thing I pride myself in is the quality of paint. You're paying a lot for a tube of paint, but you gotta realize these will last hundreds of years. These pigments are the best in the world. I go for permanence in what I create, so it would only make sense to use the best stuff. You know, my art is a lot of abstract stuff and a lot of colorful things, but you wouldn't know it. A lot of my art is inspired by country music. Old George Jones and Merle Haggard I listen to while I do my artwork. And their struggles I can relate to. Hank Williams, a modern-day Shakespeare he's been called. Somebody like George Jones where he found a wife and his life completely changed and he lived to be 81 years old. And when it comes to inspiration, I'm, I'm very um, transparent, I think. When it, I'm a very open-minded person. And even my political stance, I sit there and listen to somebody from the opposite party and take it in, you know, there might be something I don't know. I'm not one to say you're right and I'm wrong or vice versa when it comes to, to art. There's my wife. <laughs> I can't not mention her because she's been a rock for me for, we've been married almost a year. I better get this right. It's July 31st. One day at a time. I'm 33 years old. I was born and raised in Beaver County, uh, Eastville, uh, 1987. I was born to uh, a loving family, a really uh, loving mother and father. They're still both alive and uh, doing pretty well. They've been a rock for me for years and years. Got me out of a lot of things. And yeah, there's some, some dark areas of my life that are now not dark areas. And I only say my story, and I won't get into it here, but I only say those things to give people hope because there's a lot of people that don't really have much hope. They don't have loving families to go back to when they leave bad situations. So anyway, yeah, it's been a lot of transforming, and I think that's what art is. But I'm very mindful. I guess you could say Jesse the person is very intuitive, very conscientious of my surrounding. I've always have been. Sometimes I think that's got me in, in trouble. I wanted to hide from being so. You know, I've been in jail cells, I've been in rehabs, different places, and uh, sometimes all I had, besides a five minute quick phone call, if they even let you, to a loved one, like my parents or something, was the art, you know? It was a folded up piece of paper um, on the back of some kind of commissary note or what have you, it couldn't be very picky. And usually with a pen that would bend because they didn't have uh, very nice pens in jail. So a lot, a lot of the times, pretty much everywhere I went, uh, somebody would send me some markers or some art stuff. In the four years of time that I had sober and clean, uh, a lot of it was in the AA program, and I won't mention that too much. I'm just going to say it's a, it's, a, it's a great option for people struggling. Anyway, uh, when I was 23 years old, I thought, well, my life's going really well. The business is up and running, making six-digit income. Everything's good. Why not screw it up? That's what happened. I came back from a trip from Key West with my dad, 
and uh, started drinking again. I mean, just literally, I had warm beer in my mother's garage, and it didn't take long to get introduced to pain pills. Most of my addiction was the drinking and pills. Got me into a whole lot of trouble. It just got into a mess, and the person that I thought I was, the, the any good in me just, just completely washed off of me like a cold rain. But I know one thing, that I never want to go back to being that selfish, empty-eyed person that I, that I used to be. It comes down to the spirituality for me. When you talk about art being therapy or the garden being therapy, I mean, I have a hell of a job where, you know, I have no choice but to be in therapy. I mean, it's great. It is, it is a blessing to be out in the garden. And uh, they say gardeners talk to themselves. I certainly do. And it's not good advertising, but it's okay. Uh, customers know that I'm talking to myself out there. It's actually to God, mostly. And uh, it's a great time to spend with him in the garden and, and on the canvas. Yeah, art to me is a sacred thing. I started grassroots landscaping and lawn care. Uh, it used to just be lawn care, but I quit cutting grass. I, uh, lawn mowing is really not my thing uh, for many reasons. I really got into the, the care of it, the soil science. Uh, as much as I am self-taught, I've worked along master gardeners, I've worked for master gardeners. Uh, I really love plants and soil science and the way things grow and I like to use that in an artistic way most of the time when I can. Uh, anyway, you asked me about my business and it's doing pretty well. We've had some rough years over the years, but um, I started it in 2008 and it's still up and running. I once had crews out there, had people working for me, uh, but it got too hectic, and uh, well, right now I'm a one-man show. So I just take care of a couple handfuls of customers and do okay enough to make a living, uh, barely. <laughs> but I enjoy my work, I, I do. I painted a little bit yesterday, but if I'm away from it for a while, if I isolate myself away from art, I think I'm actually a pretty miserable person sometimes. It actually, you know, I'm just not a full person. That's true, that's true. I'm not fulfilled, let's just put it that way. And I can't be my best for anybody else if I'm not fulfilled. Because it's so much from the heart for me. That's why I don't like the, a lot of the, science certainly is appropriate, technique is certainly appropriate as tools, but they're, they're just tools, don't, you know, people get caught up too much in the mind. The mind is a very crazy, dangerous thing sometimes. The heart is what I think of when I think of art. The, the beauty of a sunset or something, you know? Everybody's searching for words. You know, sometimes the less words, the more words. That's why when people are analyzing art and stuff, I'm just like, okay, it's pretty, walk on. You know? And, and I used to think that that was sort of like ignorance or something, but no, I, I, I don't know. I'm still learning to try to find some in-between with that and exactly what those definitions are. You know, snap out of it, it's not all in the head. We're trying to get out of the head without drugs. We're trying, you know? Sometimes the answer isn't in the mind. That's why when I say about art, you know, focusing in the mind too much, yes, you need your brain to know what you're doing or to understand what you're seeing, I get that. But what I'm trying to say is get out of your mind with art. I'm just saying, that, you know, I, my point of that is freedom. And then it's up to the individual where that would lead to or not lead to. Maybe inspiring having more talks like you and I were, but if you and I never had this talk, just like the butterfly effect, then that future thing in 20 years wouldn't have happened.
We're out here at my own personal residence, which I call Fallen Branches. Just came up with the name one day. I saw a fallen branch on a, on a road during a storm, and I thought, wow, that would be a great name for this place. And it really does serve its name because right in one of the centerpieces here is a, is a real weeping willow tree. And it's caused me nothing. It is beautiful, but it's caused me nothing but heartache when it comes to the branches always falling. And, uh, but it just reminds me of, uh, you know, how nature recycles and how it uh, transforms. And I think art is the same way. This place is, a, is an artistic tribute to history and um, particularly art industrial history. It's still a work in progress. This is the, uh, the wooden sidewalk. It's called a floating sidewalk. And I'm not a construction guy whatsoever. I don't build things. But to go along with the uh, wooden part of industrial history, that's why I guess this is here. Um, over here to our right is the, uh, an important area I call the island, just simply because of its location. These are all washed down river brick, uh, harmonite bricks. And then I went and found um, mostly blue stone, and some of them were, most of them were from the same area, uh, and, you know, to go along with the, uh, the design of it. And uh, then I have my railroad crossing signs. I have one here, and then the other railroad sign from Rogers. And so this whole yard, this whole property represents life. Uh, the driveways, the crossroads over here where we're walking is called the path side. It used to be called the death side. I thought it was a little too morbid. The other side, we'll just probably call it the future side. And uh, that had to do with a lot of the, my walks in life and when these things were constructed and thought of. I, I might have a plan for something and it just, you know, I, I look at my higher power, God, uh, saying, well, no, you, you, that was your plan, but we're going to do it this way. And if you do it the right way the first time, then you really wouldn't have to go back and redo it. But when you know that something's supposed to be placed where it is, there's no question. There's no question about it. You just know. But, you know, things change, too. Uh, it may be placed somewhere for a while and something might need to get dug up and moved somewhere else or a, an item or a statue or whatever may need to go somewhere else. Yeah, I think all art, you know, definitely evolves, changes, and, uh, and so we, we have to be careful, though, when we're manipulating nature. You know, we, we have to be careful as gardeners. We have to be very patient, and as artists, we have to be, you know, gentle. This is old fried glass from shards from the dump. Once again, shedding light on history. This is my uh, one pond here. I got maybe one real frog in there, but I got all my glass frogs. And again, the glass garden. So when I'm leaf blowing, I got to be very careful because I've already lost a couple in that thing. This is one of my favorite trees. I'm glad I got it. Um, it's a hawthorn tree, of all things. It gets beautiful berries in the, uh, uh, in the fall. Uh, this euonymus vine, I'm trying to get to grow over all the fences. There's no, all the skulls in that tree. Yeah, this is my, also my skull tree. Uh, I've had people bring them to me. Yeah, a guy brought me a cow head one day and set it on my porch. When we're walking underneath all this stuff here, uh, particularly the hawthorn tree, then now we're walking underneath this viburnum. I always say that the garden, when you're walking, no plant should ever hit you while you're in the parade route, while you're on a sidewalk or something. There should no, be no twig, no anything hitting you. So you have a respect for the garden, and the garden also has a respect for you. And I tell every customer that, and whether they agree with me or not, that's fine. I give an opinion out there and let it go and throw it to the wind. And I, and I guess that's what I do with art too. I've had 10,000 people walk past my art and very few of them looked at it before it's happened. I've had the very opposite happen before, you know. Some people may not think it's beautiful. That's up to them. That's up to their heart to decide. Yeah, and the one thing I like to do, I like to create a little order. It's like you have all the rocks here. This is like a little order. And then a little 
little chaos in the order. I don't like to call it chaos because chaos by itself, I believe, is evil. It's distracting. It's nothing good comes from it. But whatever you want to call it, a distraction, but it does serve a purpose. It serves to maybe appreciate the order a little better. Like to make things where you got to look two or three or four times. In my opinion, that makes good art. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I, I believe there's probably such a thing as dead art where there's soulless art. There, it doesn't come from the heart. You know, some things get broken. Some things were, I hate to say it, but you know, we all know about the addiction thing, that some of the stuff was in my rampage. I broke some really nice things. But this is a way that it can still be seen in the beauty, and I see beauty in brokenness, and so does God. It's amazing how many people you can inspire just saying that kind of stuff. You know, guys my age, they didn't have a chance. They get back out onto the streets, or they didn't have a family. Of, of, they have broken families and stuff, you know? So that stuff's really to my heart and important, because the thing is, if I forget who I am and who I used to be, in my human flesh, I could revert back to that. As much as I would love God and love not to do that, my human flesh can do it. It just happens. A few years ago, I think in 2017, I got these beautiful granite stones right off the cliffs of uh, Tennessee. Yeah, just went and picked them up, and there's, they're quite heavy. I don't know how I even got them in my truck. They're everywhere. That I fished out of the uh, Beaver River, the uh, old manhole cover. <laughs> Bricks that I find interesting, I put in different places. Pinnock Clay Company had four companies in Beaver County at one time, from what I understand. One was in Manaka, and there were a couple other ones. So, yeah, these are heavy paving bricks for streets and so forth. These are like eight pounds apiece. My wife does not like to look back on those memories of us tearing out a basement in freedom and making six trips to get them. The lady sold them to me for like 15 cents apiece or something, and they were like gold to me, you know. But what you'll see here in this whole fallen branches that there's reoccurring themes. You know, just because this is a glass gardens, you may see glass somewhere else. You may see metal somewhere else. We didn't get to the metal gardens, but um, yeah, you'll see reoccurring things. Yeah, I went on a fire hydrant kick. This one came all the way from Massillon, Ohio. Uh, that one came from Salzburg, Pennsylvania. That one came from uh, Poland, Ohio. They all came from different places. This was my first one. I brought it Rogers, and that guy was so happy to get rid of that thing. <laughs> he helped me take it to my truck and everything. I mean, these things are super. I don't know what the weight is on them. They're, they've got to be a few hundred pounds at least, but they're very heavy, even the small ones. I have a really small one over there by the porch, a fire plug. It's supposed to have come from Manhattan. And, uh, yeah, a lot of the bricks I did get local. We've got New Brighton here. A lot of these I've gotten down at Walnut Bottom Run, down by College Hill. Uh, we got Penna Clay Company, because I had several of them, an excess of them. I did like uh, what I call a transition band. We got them from Catanning. This has a beaver on it. This is from New Galilee. This is uh, just turned out to be my Dando tribute. George Dando was a big brick maker in industry PA. I wonder if he could come back and would he think of that or just think that this guy had too much time on his hands or something. Dempster Beaver Falls, the Vanport Brick Company. I also have a brick display at the museum at the Little Beaver Historical Society, as well as an apothecary uh, collection of bottles, of old uh, pharmacy bottles from Beaver County that I've collected over the years. That's been one of my favorite things. When I was a kid, I used to go digging in the woods of College Hill, and I would find old bottles and stuff. And I guess that's kind of what got me started with some of this. Yeah, I did anthracite, cool. I got it at Dead Enders Cool Yard. Um, took about a thousand pounds of coal just to do that area in here. Yeah, as a, as a tribute, again, to the industrial aspect of our history. It's held up pretty well, and when it rains, it looks really pretty. This I got out of the Beaver River, and as far as I know, it says Star. I think it might have been a grinder wheel or something from an old uh, flower company or something. 
there's some funny things too about this place. These are hinges, so when you're here, you're walking on the hinges. And then over here is the last one pond called the deep end. So when you're here, you don't want to go off the deep end. There's little quirky puns on this place too. Yeah, that, that's the representation. I'm not sure you'll, you'll probably not be surprised on what I have to say about this. This is, uh, and as a Christian in my views and everything, this is uh, uh, where the, the clay and all that represents God's people. It just represents humanity and, and that we're all broken and that we can still be used in some way. But we can never take our eyes off the cross. And even the two crosses are significant because we're the thieves. So that's that's also important. So that he loves us all. And I think he's trying to get everybody as much as he can into heaven someday as possible. This isn't finished yet because I'm going to do all wind chimes up here. And these mushrooms I built out of uh, copper pipe and rocks. The Hytonia is also another really interesting ground cover. Interesting smell. Wouldn't you say so? I've never smelled anything like that before. And now we got some Pachysandra there, and we have some myrtle, or periwinkle we call it, uh, back there and on the islands. These are real railroad tracks, real railroad ties. These are old uh, porch spindles. I painted them, primed them, painted them, and uh, did the chain there, just to kind of, again, respect for the gardens, respect for the person. You just don't go walking in there. These uh, two chandeliers came from the Granada Theater, Evergreen Gardens. Uh, but on the other side is the new perennial garden, and that's one of the last things I did here besides the abandoned railroad. Yeah, see there's another branch right there. <laughs> this fall. Oh, you guys can't forget to sign the guest book. I finally got a really expensive, nice guest book from Barnes & Noble, and I want it filled, so... <laughs>
There's a lot new and exciting going on, actually. We are definitely a group of busy bees. You'll be able to find us publicly August, September, October at various community festivals where we're actually going to be hosting tables where artists can share their wares. If, if you want to sell your art, you're going to be able to contact the Genesis Collective and um, have a presence at one of our booths, and you can market your stuff there. So that's fun. Um, the really big push moving into August and September is our desire to highlight the work of Black artists. So we just received a grant through the Heinz Endowments and the Pittsburgh Foundation. They have an initiative called Advancing Black Arts in Pittsburgh. Well, that regional breadth extends to Beaver County, and we are just thrilled to be able to put a call out for an invitational. It's an invitation for black creatives in our region to have their voices heard, to share their work with us, for their messages and their output to be validated. So we're going to have this essentially an exhibit and what amounts to a juried competition because there are going to be financial prizes for the top three pieces. And this is all forms of art, any form of creativity. Are you a dancer? Are you a poet? Are you a sculptor, a painter, a musician, whatever? We want to see your expression. So there are financial prizes. And then three people who desire to do it and who are capable teachers will be employed for a month of classes at three organizations in the county. Um, the Center in Midland, they are, they've they graciously agreed to host us, Aliquippa Impact in Aliquippa, and Neighborhood North Museum of Play in Beaver Falls. So the cool thing is, so while we're highlighting the work of current Black creatives in our region, we are actually investing in the next generation of these creatives through, you know, education in the arts. So we are so excited about that. So share that news with your friends to whom it could apply. Um, be sure to follow us on social for when that call goes out. Uh, we're just really excited to highlight voices right now. Let me ask you a, a sort of a basic question. Why is Black Art important to us here in Beaver County? Well, Kevin, we know the demographics. Um, we know that our region is 90% white, and that's represented in, you know, in our government um, at a county level. It's represented in a lot of leadership around our region. But here's the thing. <laughs> the black community is here. There is a beautiful, rich tapestry of ideas and experiences that we are all made richer by understanding and experiencing. And black creatives are doing the work. They're making beautiful things and they're, they're, they're calling out things that are happening in our community that affect their lives. They're calling out and, and they're celebrating things too that if you're in majority culture, we're all poorer for, um, for not having experienced uh, what the black community is bringing to our region. It's just important for all of us to be experiencing the rich tapestry that is our region. The Genesis Collective is interested in having some spoken word and some microphone events coming up. Is that right? Absolutely. Yep. We are intending to partner with Uncommon Grounds Cafe. They're, uh, they're most commonly known for their open mic nights and their wonderful milkshakes. But um, they do draw quite a crowd of spoken word artists. 
you know, they've had events before and we're going to partner with them to just move that agenda along and yeah, open the mic up for, you know, shared experience through spoken word. Wow, this is great stuff. There's nothing like this else going on in Beaver County, right? The Genesis Collective is really innovating these arts programs and these experiences with artists, that right? Well, Kevin, I mean, you were there in June for our town hall events. Basically, what we did, we had artist town halls in, um, f- we had three different communities and one online event where we just called creatives out to to hear from them. What do you need to have in order to create more, to be supported. This is why the Genesis Collective exists. It is to support the work of artists, um, to support artists and their work, um, and to make their work available to the public and to celebrate beautiful things that are already happening in our communities. Um, there's, there isn't anything like it. And often we have, uh, you know... We, Artists are creating in a, in, in a silo, really. But what we heard over and over again in our June events was we need to network. We need critique. We need, um, we need customers. We need financial help. I mean, the, the options for building up the arts community here are just legion. There are so many. And, uh, you know, we have a few targets right now, and I'm so excited to to bring this sort of networking to our region. We're designing a, an event right now about loving on artists, and this is just really very practical business help. If you need to record your artist statement in a video, if you need a headshot, if you want a business card, you know, we can help with those things too. And that'll be sort of a one-stop shop for artists to come for free of charge. Uh, and the other thing I want to say is when you hear the word artist, I hope, and I hope the, I hope the profile of Jesse really drives this home. It's not conventional, you know, it's not like you have to have a piece in a gallery or, oh, I've made a million dollars selling my creative output to be considered an artist. If you have something in your head and in your heart that only finds expression in the written word, in a poem, when you're moving, uh, when you're creating beautiful cuisine, when you anything you're doing that fuels your soul in a, you know, any sort of creative endeavor you undertake that fuels your soul. This is what we want to celebrate. I've said this a thousand times, and I think this is just the creed of the Genesis Collective. Creativity is your birthright, and we want to support that in you. Pamela Rossi Keene, Executive Director of the Genesis Collective. Thank you so much for sharing the news. Uh, this is tremendous yeah. news about the, the collective and very exciting. And certainly we'll put the links to the Genesis Collective in the show notes for this episode. Yeah. Thanks, Kevin. Thanks for taking the time to talk with me today. Before we go, I want to highlight a piece of public artwork in Beaver County and encourage you to make a visit to see it. Talk about it. Share it with your friends on social media. As the Brazilian artist Romero Brito says, art is too important not to share. Perhaps you've seen his daring public art using vibrant colors and bold patterns as visual expressions of hope, dreams, and happiness. Indeed, hope, dreams, and happiness. Sounds like good stuff to share through art. Now, as the term implies, public art is meant for public display, often representing universal concepts and ideals and shared events and experiences. Public art often represents the defining spirit or mood of a particular moment in history, 
often shown through the ideals and beliefs of the time. This is called zeitgeist. Think of war memorials, historical statues, protest art, such as murals of George Floyd. I want you to think back to what it must have been like during the 1930s in rural America. It was a time between the Great World Wars. The hardships of the Great Depression bore down on everyone. To put Americans back to work, the Roosevelt administration created the New Deal Project. And one of the largest programs of the New Deal was the WPA, the Works Administration Project. Many of our nation's parks and roadways were WPA projects. President Roosevelt employed thousands of architects and artists, including writers, actors, sculptors, playwrights, photographers, and painters. One such person was Eugene Higgins, who in 1938 stepped into the Beaver Falls Post Office, itself a WPA project, and painted the Armistice Letter, a huge mural hanging on the back wall of the lobby. Local historian Jeff Snedden writes in the Beaver County Times, The mural is also titled Driven Out, created specifically for what was then the new Beaver Falls Post Office and dedicated on November 12, 1938. The artist's name was Eugene Higgins, a Kansas City native who painted in a style known as social regionalism. The mural depicts a rural family, two parents and three children who have been evicted from their farm. They're also shown by their mailbox, reading a letter informing them that their son had been killed in action during World War I. A horse-drawn mail wagon is shown in the background having delivered the letter. It's interesting that the Smithsonian American Art Museum, where a smaller representation of this work resides, has a slightly different take on the painting. And I'll quote, A farm family taking a break from their chores to read the day's mail. The title tells us that the letter brings news of the end of World War I, the armistice. Painted just before the United States entered the Second World War, Higgins's mural anticipated the grim reality ahead. Bolts of lightning, rearing horses, and roiling clouds represent the looming conflict, while the Dove of Peace promises a brighter future after the storm has passed. It's an interesting question as to which interpretation is accurate. Either way, it's important to note that Eugene Higgins's paintings tended to focus on social issues and the hardships of everyday rural life, especially during the Depression era. Throughout his career, he expressed his humanitarian interests and portrayals of the poor and downtrodden. This is what puts him into the school of social regionalism, a parallel genre with the more urban narratives favored by the social realist artists throughout the 1930s. Nevertheless, we hope you will stop by the lobby of the Beaver Falls Post Office to see in person the Armistice Letter. It's historically significant public art speaking to the zeitgeist of the times. Seeing it is well worth the trip. That does it for this episode of the Genesis Collective Podcast. Stay tuned for more episodes featuring local Beaver County artists, more art talk, news, and events about the Genesis Collective, and our spotlight on public art throughout the county and in your community. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the Genesis Collective Podcast wherever you get your podcasts, and visit us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and our website, gcollective.org. I'm Kevin Farkas. See you next time. You are listening to a production of the Genesis Collective. Supporting local artists and their work. Making art more accessible. And putting art back into our communities.
yeah, okay, well, yeah, okay, yeah, I got it, I got it. Are you recording now? Oh, I know that, okay. <laughs> okay, all right. This is Beaver County filmmaker Christopher Padgett. Nope, let me try that again. <laughs> I guess, yeah, I just see the title there. Um, I don't know, I don't know. I ask myself that every day. This is Beaver County. Oh, see, I messed it up. Okay, this is harder than it looks. <laughs> oh, no, okay. I don't have it. Do I have a speaking voice, like for radio or anything, or not? I'll make it sound good. Okay. Yeah, then we got that too, so <laughs> nothing we can really do about that.